0: Welcome to Compliance Beat, the podcast for compliance and ethics professionals. We provide practical insights and answer your questions about compliance and ethics. Together, we'll stay up to date on current trends so that your program stays effective. Brought to you by Moorhead Compliance Consulting. Here's your host, Eric Moorhead. The question this time is, what do the Deputy Attorney General's recent comments mean for compliance? But first, I want to encourage everyone On November the 15th, so a couple weeks from now, at 12 Central, 1 p.m. Eastern, we are going to have another of our free webinars available. It's called No More Risky Business, How to Build an Effective Compliance Program, talking about the risk-based approach, which was going to have some impact on what we're going to talk about here in this podcast today, too, as well, potentially, long-term, could have some impact that's going to be wednesday november 15th at 12 noon uh 1 p.m eastern it's free if you'd like to join please go to our website compliancebeat.com or you can go to moreheadconsulting.com. there's an easy handy dandy way to sign up form there we sure appreciate it please join us if you're interested in that topic The other thing I would like to say here at the beginning, too, is, as always, please subscribe. If you haven't already, please rank and rate us. Please send us any feedback, questions, comments, suggested topics. Just let us know we always are interested in what our listeners think. So first of all, what the heck am I talking about? Well, I'm talking about a statement made by the Deputy Attorney General of the United States, Rod Rosenstein. He made this statement at New York University's Law School, They had a program on corporate compliance and enforcement, and he unveiled some thoughts and ideas about changes on a lot of different aspects, but the thing that's probably most interesting to those of us in the compliance community is he announced a shift away from the practice of issuing memos and other informal communication, uh, not only around compliance, but other issues, and uh, expressed an interest in having all of the guidance regarding criminal enforcement for organizations, to be consolidated in the U.S. Attorney's Manual. So that's a long, convoluted answer, but basically what this means in in practical terms for those of us who have been parsing out guidance from the Department of Justice over the last few years, including the now famous memo from the fraud section back in February of this year, the checklist that's not a checklist on aspects of an effective compliance program, potentially all of those memos will be at some point null and void or at least not considered primary guidance there i have some thoughts around this this point uh, and and the first and foremost is this is not going to happen overnight the statements that he made at the event didn't rescind anything the guidance that we've been uh, looking to and using for many years now, including the Yates memorandum, the, the multiple other memorandums having to do with corporate criminal culpability and and resolving criminal cases, and more specifically the February memoranda from the fraud section, are all still out there. They're still on the website, at least they were as of the time I'm recording this. So they are still uh, statements from the Department of Justice. He didn't say anything about revoking them right now. What he said is that his his intent and the intent of the Department of Justice moving forward is to have these things memorialized within the manual. Now, to do that, that's an internal process. And there's a great description of, of what that entails in a memo that I'm going to link to in the show notes here from uh, Latham and Watkins' uh, Latham's group, criminal group, includes Leslie Caldwell, Kathy Rumler, Sean Berkowitz, all alums of both the Enron Task Force and many stints with the Department of Justice. They have a great insight into the process here and what this might all mean, so please take a look at that memo. The upshot of it is, is that there's no time limit for updating the U.S. Attorney's Manual to reflect the new policies. And that kind of review usually takes some time, some significant time. The U.S. Attorney's Manual itself has not been comprehensively overhauled for 20 years. 1997 was the last time it was over, the whole uh, document was revised. Uh, so it's a, it's a pretty significant undertaking, even if you're just looking at the section that we're most interested in, which, by the way, will be linked here in the show notes. And that is section 9 28 principles of federal prosecution of business organizations. Now, there's a lot of stuff in there that's of interest to those of us in the compliance community, but that will be, presumably, if this happens as the deputy attorney general suggests it will, will be where information about the application of compliance program to, you know, quote unquote, get credit, what makes perhaps some description of what makes an effective compliance program, although maybe not, it's hard to say. What we don't know, and this is the second point, what we don't know is what that will look like. What will the new section discussing compliance programs look like in the U.S. Attorney's Manual? It may reflect some or part or all of the memos that are out there, including the February memo from the fraud section. It may be something completely different, or it may be neither. It may not address those issues it's hard to know at this point what will be in there. There's there's going to be, as I said, presumably a lengthy process in reviewing that. What I would say is, and I don't know that any of the compliance organizations are mobilized to this point yet, but SCCE, perhaps ECI, other groups may wish to go to the Department of Justice and suggest what pieces make sense and what pieces don't make sense. Perhaps the Sentencing Commission might want to uh, weigh in on how compliance programs are addressed within the new revised guidelines. That process is an internal process at the Department of Justice, so different from the process at the Sentencing Commission where there is a defined public comment period which I've talked about before and we'll probably talk about again because you you all know I love to talk about the sentencing commission. The process that is that will occur for these the information from these memoranda to either be integrated or rejected or changed and while it's included inside the US attorney's manual is all an internal process. But I don't think any of that stops those that are interested in the community that will be affected by these statements around compliance and ethics programs uh, to weigh in and provide provide comment to the the Department of Justice on the revision of this section of the principles of federal prosecution of business organizations. I think that would perhaps be valuable. If they don't hear from the community, then they won't know of the relative importance of addressing these things or not addressing them as the case may be, whatever makes the most sense. I think while this is premature to suggest that you know all of this guidance is going to go away or it's going to change radically because we just don't know, I think one thing to keep in mind through all of this, and I think I've mentioned this before, is that the sentencing guidelines are not going to go away. The organizational sentencing guidelines will remain the gold standard, if you will, for what makes an effective compliance and ethics program. That will remain current uh, U.S. Attorney's Manual references, to no surprise, Chapter 8 of the Sentencing Guidelines, the Organizational Sentencing Guidelines, when it talks about these things. Because, again, it's the gold standard and has been for 25 plus years. So that's not going to change. What may change is the February guidance may go away or may may be altered or modified or come out completely different. We don't know in the final U.S. Attorney's Manual. So Keep in mind that this is not everything being thrown out starting over from scratch because the sentencing guidelines will underpin all of this no matter what guidance comes out in the U.S. Attorney's Manual. And it's far too soon to know what, if anything, will be changed from those memos that we all know and love, the Yates memo, the February memo, etc. It's just worth keeping your eye on. And also uh, internally so that you know Uh, If the general counsel comes to you or if uh, somebody else comes to you and says, well, I've heard this February memo is no good that that the department has done away with it. Well, that's not the case. What the, the, the deputy attorney general has announced is that he foresees a process where all of these pieces of guidance are consolidated in one document, and the best place to put that is in the U.S. Attorney's Manual. But it has to be done before, before you have a significant change. My impression is, at least at this point, that nothing will change with regards to those memos that have been issued unless they are specifically rescinded, and unless and until they have a revised Section 9-28 that they're going to release. And when they do that, then I would assume that will supersede any other memos that are out there. But we're a long way off from that i would suspect. And but that being said, we're not so far off that it doesn't make sense for those of us that have an interest in seeing some or all or part of for instance the february memo- memorandum being retained in the new guidance. I think it's a good opportunity to provide commentary to the department on from the community on what works, what's practical. Uh, What we see in the memoranda that are out there, the guidance that's out there, and don't just limit to memoranda, guidance in non-prosecution and deferred prosecution agreements, guidance in speeches from luminaries such as uh, Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein. If there's anything out there that the department has done in the past that uh, we feel that there's some value to or that we feel – could be tweaked or changed in some way to better reflect the practical considerations of running a compliance and ethics program these days. Those are things that make a lot of sense. I don't know, as I said, this is pretty fresh. This just happened two two weeks ago. So I, I don't know yet of any coordinated action from any group, for lack of a better term, lobby the Department of Justice on one position or another. I think it's probably too soon to have any position on this, but I, I would assume that at some point uh, one of our membership organizations out there, or, or many of them, would weigh in on this. As I hear about that, I will certainly update you so that you might coordinate if you're interested with uh, the groups that are doing that. I just haven't heard anything yet. Uh, I think it's too fresh, but I did want to, before you know, the paint got too dry to point this out to you. And again, uh, the memo from, from Latham, I think is good. It's about five or six pages long, but you can get the gist of it pretty quickly. And it lays out, you know, sort of at least what the thinking of the deputy attorney general is right now about consolidating this guidance somewhere. And part of that consolidation, I think, uh, you know, it's, again, we don't know, but I think it's fair to say that uh, some of it will go away and some of it will change and some of it will be new. So it's important for those of us in the community to pay attention to this, weigh in at the appropriate time so that the department knows that we care about the direction they go in in both assessing and reviewing compliance programs. So want to mention once again on November the 15th, No More Risky Business, How to Build an Effective Compliance Program, free, free, free webinar Please join us. That's Wednesday, November 15th at uh, 12 noon Central Time, 1 p.m. Eastern. You can reserve your spot and get get signed up for this webinar at our website, compliancebeat.com or at moreheadconsulting.com. As always, please subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Please let us know if you have any comments. And until next time, we appreciate it. So the upshot this time is, While the Deputy Attorney General's announcement means that there may be some changes to the guidance from the Department on compliance programs, don't expect that to happen overnight. It's going to take some time, and there's going to be a process involved. Second, the new guidance may or may not reflect the guidance we're familiar with. It may include those provisions that we are familiar with. It may take them away. It may add something new. Be aware that there may be change in the air. And lastly, I think that there's going to be room for the community to be involved. It hasn't coalesced yet because we're right at the beginning, but pay attention. We want to make sure that our voices are heard for this important change. Thanks for listening to Compliance Beat. Check out our website, compliancebeat.com. This podcast is brought to you by Morehead Compliance Consulting. Be sure to check us out at moorheadconsulting.com.